Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. friends welcome back to another episode of the roto world football podcast it's the most important podcast in the universe thank you so much for making it so my name is josh norris here again this time with nebraska senior running back divine ozigbo ozigbo was not at the nfl combine so i understand if some of you do not know his name um, i found out who he was when i was cramming in prospects ahead of east west shrine week i try to watch all the players before that all-star event so at least I have some level or foundation of an evaluation for them. And really that event is all about capturing maybe the 10 to 15 prospects that really stand out among the rest. And I got to say, like every year, you know, the term draft crush gets thrown around. It truly was instant with Divino Zigbo when I was watching his games. Then you kind of dig in a little bit more about him. It wasn't an easy path for Ozigbo. I mean, he barely played until 2018. I mean, in 2016, he had one start and 97 carries to go along with five receptions. In 2017, he had 129 carries and 16 receptions to go along with three starts. But in 2018, with obviously Scott Frost coming in from UCF, Ozigbo racked up 155 carries for 1,082 yards and 12 touchdowns, 23 receptions for 203 yards. I, I really think you should all go and search his games on YouTube to go and watch the full clips. They're a lot of fun. I mean, he's a bigger back, around six feet, 228 pounds. He's got some real jets to him, some big play skills as well. And because of that different path, you know, he wasn't a top recruit, this conversation kind of features a lot of self-reflection. I tried to, you know, bring out those ups and downs of the college career and really what can change in an entire year for someone's future. Before that, though, I do want to thank a few of you who left five-star reviews. Go out and do that. If you enjoy this podcast, hit that subscribe button. Uh, BeerGuy27, MartinOD, WestB23, LucasTC1. Thank you, thank you for the reviews. You can all leave them on iTunes as well. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. We want to spread the word of this podcast. Later in the week, I'll have Mike Renner from PFF. I also have Evan Silva with some more wide receiver breakdowns. Um, so I started this conversation with Divino Zigbo, just asking about the major difference between his 2016 and 2017 seasons versus this 2018 almost breakout campaign. Definitely, especially you know, coming from those two years, being my sophomore and junior and into my senior year, I knew that you know I had I had goals to play at the next level, and you know I wanted to win a bunch as many games as I could my last year at Nebraska. So I just knew, yeah, if I want to be able to accomplish both of those things in my last season. I would have to make sure I was the best, the best me going into the season, making sure you know, I was taking everything the coaches were saying and you know, trying to implement them in the right way, so I could do my best to get on the field. And once I was on the field, 
you know, do my job and help my team, help my team win games and like that. Kind of more like, all right, this is it's do or die time. You know, it's either today or it's never going to happen. So I have to get it done. Your coach Scott Frost in 2018. I even had a quote that saying you were a half step faster than you were at the beginning of spring ball when he took over, basically. What, what do you attribute those changes to? What was it like just a change in preparation, change in your body? Definitely, I probably cut it to two things. Just probably uh, coach the ball and the way staff, you know, just, you just got, I think, the whole team in the best shape that I've seen a team like, go through a transition like, through our off season. I think everybody on the team made huge improvements, and then, and then I would also have to set the way we practice. We practice such like a fast-paced tempo, and Coach Held and uh, the running back assistant coach, Coach Ellis, they would always like hopping on, you know, three-stripe lines. Like you get touched here, you have to finish burst, like burst of the line, just like the little things, and being able to practice with with my body in better shape, and then practice at that speed all the time. Yeah, when it came to game times, it made it. It wasn't like a transition between practice speed and game speed. We were always playing at game speed. Interesting. So it just kind of made it easier to keep it going. You're not one of these players that just had a, a super easy college career. You know, there were some hurdles along the way. There were some speed bumps along the way. <laughs> I mean, but that change is something that you're going to have to most likely face in the NFL as well. You mentioned the change in the preparation and the change in the weight room and even the strength and conditioning. Is it that big of a factor? Does it all stem from that? I mean, did you recognize in 2016 and 2017 that you personally, or even as a team, you were missing something? I would say it's a good combination of both. I definitely credit it to like the staff coming in and doing what they did. And I would say one thing is I feel like the environment that they brought, like aside from all like the actual football lifting and just like being able to do things physically, the mental, like the mental ease and the mental and the mental confidence that they brought to the team, I think that definitely helped everybody. Everybody was everybody was able to play looser and like have like as much fun as you're supposed to have while playing this game. So with that, and then the physical aspect stacked on top of it, it just makes football easy, you know, because it's not it's not passing, it's not hard to do. It's just to go out there and play football. It, it became fun. It became easy. I think a lot of people are pushing it success. I know the team didn't necessarily go where they wanted to, but I could easily see, you know, the whole team just improving throughout the season. Is it easy kind of to lose sight of football being fun at times? I mean, it takes up all of your life. And I'm sure in some ways it kind of feels like a job, just how much time you're spending on the field and then in class and then back on the field and working out. Does it sometimes lose that fun element? And is was I'm sure it was amazing to kind of get that back if you ever did lose it. For me, honestly, it's something that I've never lost. Like, wow, even cool. when things aren't going my way, I just love being out there and just going to practice. I still got to go play football. Like even, you know, say like I wasn't playing much in games at the time, but I, I got to go practice and, you know, like when that was getting taken away, then it was just like, dang. But it's like other people on the team, they're the ones, like, you know, sometimes, you know, attitudes start to get a little different. You just have to kind of talk to them and then make sure everybody's head's on straight because it can get a little tasking, like you said. But, you know, everybody loves football, but it's fun to be playing in a, in a lax and easy environment. Take me through the offensive changes because – I know kind of in your first two or three years, it was more of your, and this is, you know, a super generic statement, but like quote unquote pro style. And then, you know, moving to your final year again, quote, more spread concepts. What, what was the changes or the changes for you? How did it impact your play? 
How did it impact your preparation? And was that kind of a key factor in, in the success that you had in 2018? So we went from more of like a profile, like, you know, a complete under center, a little bit multiple, like multiple. We had some, like, we had a good balance between under center and gun with uh, Coach Riley's staff. And that was good. Honestly, I, I really enjoyed playing that system. And it kind of helped me get a, get a taste of that system going into this next level because I got three solid years under a system that was completely different than what I did in high school, which is more like Coach Frost's offense. So when Coach Frost came back, it was kind of like going back to school. So it wasn't that like huge transition. But I got to sample both styles of offense pretty heavily. And like the preparation for uh, both are different because with the offense that Coach Frost brought, it's kind of up-tempo, you know, no huddles. So guys have to, you know, uh, like run faster. And we got way more plays off in practice with Coach Riley's offense. It was more like getting the technique down and being able to master, like, your game plan. When, when I say Coach Ryan held, what comes to mind? Energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like Coach Held's coaching style is something I really – it's something I really like. I just He's very consistent. He he brings it every day. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get from Coach Held. You know, like, hell or high water, he's going to be the same guy. Hmm. And that's something I like because he was just – we were doing great. He was excited. We were doing bad. He was excited about how much better we could do. You know, he was just that kind of guy, and it really rubbed off on me. And it really like, and it really just you know provided a comfortable feel that if you know what you're going to get, it's easy. If you know how he's going to respond to you, it's easy to like to make the appropriate steps because you know exactly what you're going to get back instead of it just being kind of kind of being unsure who you're going to see today. He's the same guy, and he's always bringing the energy. Uh, in 2018, you had touchdown runs of 40, 60, and 66 yards. I know you had some other long gains, but we'll just focus on those three. Are you always looking for the big play, or is it more of, hey, I beat a man, no one's here, let me just run as fast as I can? What's going on in your head when you are reeling off and producing those long runs? Oh, it's honestly, uh, I'm running, I'm like, try, you know, going through my reads at the line, trying to maximize. They're trying to maximize what, what the old line is giving me, and then once, uh, and then once, uh, once I you know reach the next level deeper into the defense, then it kind of goes all right. This green grass here, do I want to cut it back? Can I outrun this guy? Like, and if you and if you do try to outrun this guy, you better not get caught because people already think you're slow. So <laughs> it's just a bunch of things. Honestly, I I think for me, I'm just trying to maximize what the old line is giving us because the old like because the old line sees that. You know, you're getting what they're giving. You know, they're going to continue to push and work harder. You, n- you never want to be that guy that uh, that the O line gives you a crease here, but you think you can do this, bounce outside and get tackled for a loss. You know, it doesn't look good on anybody. So just take what they're giving you and then just do whatever you can to, to get more out of it later. Because you are close to like 230 pounds, do you feel like some defenders are shocked by your long speed? I would definitely say that a lot of people don't really expect it. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, just like after talking to people, like you know, people I play against, just like yeah, like you see you, like you run up to us or whatever, and like, like I definitely expect you to run me over. But then when there's a move, it kind of it definitely, it definitely you know kind of makes them like second guess things, especially later in games, because you know at first I might just try to give them a simple arm or run into you, see how you see how you take it, and then the next one is going to be. You know, it's, it's going to have them thinking they might see something I've done to like somebody else on the team or just something. And it's just going to make them second guess. And if you can get defenders second guessing, 
then you haven't beat. Talk to me about winning on contact because, and this is the simplified terms in it. I can't believe I'm about to tell a running back how I view running backs. But to me, good running backs pick up the yards that are blocked for them and great ones pick up yards on their own, right? They create on their own. Um, you do that mm-hmm. a lot. You win a lot after contact. What What is going through your head in those moments? It, it, it happens in an instant, unless the game is slowing down for you. Is it, hey, let me stay on balance? That, that's kind of funny because like, when like, whenever I have to like, work on my balance like with the trainers, you know, just trying to get extra treatment and things like that, they always kind of like, they always kind of they'll give me crap. They're like, "Oh, like tomorrow, you you, you don't have any balance." And they're like, "My my response." <laughs> Did you just hold up your stat sheet and be like, "Hey, these are my yards after contact, buddy"? <laughs> no, nah, because like, see, because I understood where they're coming from. If like, if you're seeing what they were seeing, they'd probably be like, "All right, you probably like, yeah, you didn't have any balance." So my response would always be, "I I have decent balance, but I have great recovery." Okay. So like that's like so that's kind of how I like to play. Like I don't really. I don't really like, all right, I'm going to lean in this shoulder because, you know, this was coming next. I'm going to run hard. You're going to hit me. Whoever wins that initial battle is going to win that. <laughs> but if but if you have to win that, I'm going to recover immediately. Dude, you're not going to out-recover me. I'm going to be able to bounce, gather my steps as fast as possible, and keep going. It's not going to be like, boom, I'm knocked off balance on the ground. I might get knocked off, but I'll be right back. I'll be right back faster than you expect it, faster than you will. So we basically won't see you at the Olympics as a gymnast is what you're telling me. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> um, if I can kind of circle back to where we are, and hopefully you don't think this is like a a pressing question, but but I am interested in it because you did have such a kind of unique career at Nebraska. You mentioned that you had NFL aspirations even when you weren't seeing the field that often. Yes, sir. What, what is that like? What is that like? thinking and believing in yourself that you are an NFL caliber player yet you aren't getting the opportunity to show that off and if that sustains if, if that continues then most likely you have a, a very steep uphill battle to reach the point that you want to get to that that was honestly what it was I remember talking to my brother about like a little bit past halfway through the season like talking to him on the phone because you know things were going pretty well at the time like we were just talking about like the potential getting drafted. This is when like agents started coming to the picture. So, you know, we had to manage that. And he was somebody I'd bounce ideas off. I bounce ideas off of like when that was going through. And I was like, yeah, DJ, like, it's crazy that we're even having this conversation because, you know, if Coach Frost and all these guys didn't come in and I didn't get this shot. You know, I would have like, this is the complete opposite. Like, and that's the thing I always had. I always knew the situation I was like, that was kind of the mindset I had I prepared for that. So if I would have never got the shot I did, I just would have, I just would have been able to, all right, this is going to be extremely hard, but I definitely think I can do it. So I would have went that route, but things started working out for me on the field. Yeah. So that made it a lot easier. You know what I'm saying? Like just simply, you know, the better you play, right. the more exposure you get. What would current day Divine Zigbo tell 2016, 2017? I'm not going to say, you, you didn't tell me you were frustrated, but I'll tell you that you were frustrated during that time. What what would you tell yourself yeah. back then? I would just say just continue to do it. Just continue to do it to do what you do. Honestly, because I feel like that's something that's something that I'm kind of proud of myself for doing. It was just like obviously things weren't great, but I was like I love playing football, and my love for football definitely drove this. But I never stopped like trying. Yeah, I definitely knew that if things were going to get bad, they were going to be bad. But I was going to you know completely max this football thing out regardless of circumstance. And then, you know, things started working out. So now, you know, the threshold of that has been pushed back. So I'm going to continue to just try to max football out 
no matter how good or bad the situation is. Because it's such an important part of backs in the NFL's game now, it would be awful if I didn't ask about your comfort in the passing game and how different that is than, you know, taking the ball behind the line of scrimmage, reading your keys at the line, and then hoping to win at the second and the third level. What, what's the difference to you when you are working the passing game, and do you feel like that's kind of an asset of yours? Uh, you mean passing game as a pass pro or like just uh, Either one. <laughs> Whichever way you want to do it, as a receiver or in pass protection. That's a fair question. I feel very confident in in both of those. Like, you know, lining up as a receiver, that's something that I actually I love to do. Like if I'm ever getting extra work on like a Saturday or something going up there at the stadium, I'm running routes. I'm running routes at slot because you know there's only so many swings and checkdowns until you get bored of it. Although I, you know you need to master those, but it's just fun to get out there and be able to hone those skills as a receiver because I feel like it makes a you know running back better. You know, works on your feet, works on your hands. You know, so just be able to be able to do that is always an asset. And then when it comes to a pass pro, that's definitely something like I like. I love the the strategic part of pass protection, how the old line has a, a system and a plan, and you have to know that system. So you can also be a part of it and, you know, also help protect the quarterback because they have these five guys. That means you got these two and everybody else and just like how it all works and fits together. It's like a big puzzle. So when it comes to, you know, the pass, pass for the hold, I get to both those phases. I feel very confident. I yeah, very confident in those. I definitely think they'll be an asset for me. And lastly, I saw this video of you in high school trying to do a backflip into a lake, I believe. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it was a complete fail. Like, you just landed on oh, your yeah. face. It was a belly flop. I don't know if I'd ever tried again, but that was my <laughs> first attempt at a gainer before. And I said, all right, I'm just going to try it. And I just, you know, under-rotated. It. it was fun. It looked a lot worse than it felt, uh-huh. but it was definitely different. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I would say, too. <laughs> really, really appreciate Divino Zigbo for taking time out of his day to join this little podcast for 15, 20 minutes. Again, go to YouTube, type in Divino Zigbo Nebraska, and you'll find some, I think, really solid tape. I mean, I just posted my top 50 earlier in the week, and he was in the top 50. I understand that, you know, that might be a little crazy, a little nuts to some people. If I can just peel back the curtain a little bit, if you give me a moment to do that. I do think that that's part of this business in some ways where, sure, I obviously want to be right. I 100% want to be correct in my evaluations. There's so much that goes into it. So I, as much as I can and, and as often as I can, want to attach myself to players that I think are great, players that can succeed at the next level. And you know, when they do well, that's all on them. That's completely on them. And despite, you know, not being a combine invite, despite not being a senior bowl invite. I think Divino Zigbo is going to be a very talented player in the NFL. So I try to rank him as highly as I think is reasonable so more people can get to know him as well. Uh, just quickly, a few more shout-outs to those of you that have left reviews. Riley M6, Manning to Luck, and Carmine54. Really, really appreciate the time that you take to leave a rating review. If you enjoy this episode at all, hit that subscribe button. Also, again, Mike Renner from PFF. Later in the week, try to hit that bachelorette section of the world. Uh, and also, my buddy Evan Silva will be back for some wide receiver evaluations, including Hakeem Butler, DK Metcalf, all that good stuff. Plus, I'll be on Chris Sims's podcast later this week to talk about my top 50 and, and what prospects Chris and I disagree on. So until next time, everyone, talk to you all soon. See ya. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.